We had three ranked-on-ranked matchups in the Pac-12 last week. The headline, because all the headlines have been Colorado so far, down they go, down they go emphatically. Oregon just absolutely slaughtered them. Uh, Utah-UCLA was just a classic, you know, definitive Kyle Whittingham defense performance. Uh, And Cougs and Beavs, uh, a blowout that looks close at the end because Oregon State scored. We're going to talk about all that and more on this week's Eligible Receivers. He's Eric. I'm Warren. Let's start the show. Hello, blog fans. Well, you work all week on trying to identify who the eligible receivers are. This is Eligible Receivers, the show where we review last week's Pac-12 action, pick this week's Pac-12 games against the spread, and keep track of how we're doing on our picks over the course of the season. And let's start off, I don't know, I'm just going in the non-Washington order on my scoreboard, which is USC at Arizona State. This is a game that was within a score in the fourth quarter? Sure was. Yeah. This is just a class, I mean, you know, if you're a a long-time Pac-12 watcher, you know that, like, this Arizona State team that has looked god-awful all season... If you're playing in Tempe, in Tucson, it's weird. So that's just kind of what I put it down to. Washington lost last year to a head coachless ASU team that started its backup quarterback. Washington team that would go on to be 11-2, that was one of their losses, was this three-win ASU team post-Herm Edwards uh, firing. Yeah. So sometimes you just, like, go to the desert and it doesn't work out. Like, a lot of times, actually. Most of the time. So, USC did not cover. USC did not look great. I don't I don't think it matters. USC won, so that's that. Yeah, it's just like win and move on. We could, You know, they've been putting up enough points. Uh, it's fine. You just got to win all your games. The, the most important stat is the, is the zero in the loss column. Correct. All right. Uh, I think we started off probably, like, in timeline on Saturday was Oregon-Colorado. Uh, you know, a... Uh, I saw about the Colorado ratings from the Colorado State game. Yeah. Did you see that? I did not. It was like nine and a half million people. It's a lot. Yeah. Like, wait, like you, if you do three million on one of these games, you're generally like rocking and rolling. Colorado's so, got everybody's attention, dude. Everybody wants to, to see what's going on. Well, what was going on was that, uh, you know, Mad Dog Russo took his gummies and bet 10 G's on Colorado and then watch that money go up and smoke. lost that money badly. Yeah, lost it and lost it quick. I mean, this was just, uh, you know, I mean, you know, really in retrospect, what I should have done was just shut up uh, as you wisely counseled last week and just wait for this to happen <laughs> because it was always going to happen. It was going to happen, dude. Um, they got... You know, and you have to get lucky sometimes. Like, I don't, I don't mean that in like a derogative way when I say, oh, they got lucky. But you know, they faced a TCU team that got very lucky last year to make the national championship game. Yeah, and then lost like all of its talent. You know, TCU was not anywhere near the national championship game at the beginning of the year last year, like in terms of anybody's mind. Yeah, and they, and at the end of the year, they, you know, they kind of got. You know, they got blown out in the national championship game, but it was a Cinderella story, and they came back to earth. And they're not that great, you know, this year. Colorado got them. 
you know like that was that was a good like it turns out that was a, a you know a good first game for Dion and then you know they kind of like they got Nebraska which is just like a a football team in name only like yeah. it just comes with a lot of cachet to be like Nebraska to realize that it's just it's just no good man they're just not any good um and then barely beat Colorado State but you knew when you get into into conference like Colorado is the one school that's like kind of keeping it real with all this realignment nonsense because they're the ones that were straight up like we got to get more competitive like we got to get out of this we got to get out of this power five like pac-12 it's too good we got to go back to the big 12 where we can play you know iowa state and you know a baylor most of the time which isn't very good uh and you know like we got it we got to get back into these kansas yeah we got to get back into these schools that we're like where we stand a chance so, you know, they've not had much success in the Pac-12 uh, since they joined, and I think that trend is going to continue for them as we move forward here. Yeah, I mean, really not much to say about this game. Uh, the other game uh, that was going on in this window was Utah and UCLA, and this is like if you're a Utah fan, you're loving it. Uh, but this was pretty unwatchable. I mean, like Utah just had the clamps down. That Utah's playing with a backup quarterback still, right? Uh, Utah got a pick six, I want to say, on UCLA's first offensive possession, and that ends up being the difference in the game. Otherwise, they traded touchdowns. Utah wins fourteen to seven. It was looking for the world like it was going to be a shutout until UCLA got one late. They had a good drive late, but uh, you put this down to uh, you know talented freshman Dante Moore. Uh, seeing a hostile environment for the first time, you know, and I think it was their first. I think it was their first play from scrimmage that the pick six happened. On. Yeah, I want to say there was like 14 minutes and 52 seconds left to go in the first quarter when yeah. when the pick six occurred, and uh, and yeah, that was the difference in the game. Like from there on out, it was a battle of seven to seven. Classic Utah, you know, home game scenario. They only Utah can do this to everybody, and they can do it. Then they can do it to just about everybody. But uh, I'm sure it was a, a hellacious game to watch in person or on television. I didn't watch much of it. Either. And I'll, I'll tell you what, though. Now that we're, I mean, Utah's four games into this season, you know, and they're undefeated with wins over Florida and UCLA. Uh, incredibly impressive, right? Because they're doing it all with a backup quarterback. Uh, when's this guy supposed to get healthy? Because like we've lost a third of the season already. Yeah, like I, I think it's like possible that he's not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, th- I just started thinking about this this last week. I was like, wait, he's not playing in this one. So like, is he ever gonna play? I mean, he's got to be out of eligibility because he's like in his sixth year. I don't think he could even get like a medical redshirt this year. So I mean, I think it's just like if he can come back this year, that'd be great. But I mean, at, at some point, the whoever's their starter at this point is the, is just their quarterback. Yeah. And Rising's like sort of an unofficial coach of sorts. I guess, man. Yeah. So I guess that's something that kind of bears watching. That's obviously, I mean, I think that's ultimately going to be pretty devastating for them. Yeah. It probably puts a cap on their, on their, uh, what their trajectory is for the ceiling uh, for the season, but we'll see. Uh, Out of Martin Stadium, we had the big Pac 2 conference championship game, Washington State and Oregon State, the leftovers. Uh, a game that Washington State really jumped out on. They were leading by two scores at the half. They were leading by three scores at the end of three. 
and then Oregon State kind of storms back late, but I've, I, you know, I mean, Oregon State was having to do it with like onside kick attempts at the end. And the Cougs tried to give it away on that last onside kick, but they end up hanging on for the win. But I, to me, they were thoroughly better than Oregon State in this game. Yeah, I was I was very surprised with Oregon State's defense in this game in particular because the Cougs came out and just basically took the cap off, like went right over the top. First first possession, Cam Ward, you know, completes a pass. And then I think his second or third pass attempt was over the top, beat the safeties deep, like house call. I mean, he was just faster with his decision-making than their defense was all night long, and I was surprised by that. I thought Jonathan Smith and Oregon State had kind of built a little bit more of a of a sure thing in their defensive toughness. And like yeah, the like kind of Utah-ish. Yeah, like like yeah, like Utah light. You know, like they kind of punch you in the mouth a little bit. Their their defensive line generates some pressure. They they got a good secondary. I figured it was going to be tough sledding for for WSU and its offense and it was the opposite of that they just immediately uncorked the long ball and and really put OSU on its heels from the get-go and like you said kind of dominated the game it was like I mean very impressive if you're a Coop fan yeah I mean uh did you see that last onside kick I didn't I was uh in Husky Stadium at that point but uh they like it. It was like maybe not going to go ten yards, and still a WSU player went up and tried to field it, and like it bounced off him, and there was a scrum. <laughs> so guys. like didn't need to touch it, maybe. Oh guys, <laughs> and it was and it was like a five on one Beavers to Coog, but the Coog came out with it. Those guys, it was amazing. It's just amazing. Uh, being a Coog fan with a lead in the fourth quarter must be. Very, very stressful. It's terrible, dude. It's stressful for everybody, you know, no matter where your allegiance lies. But I would imagine there's some there's some trauma in that stadium, you know, there's some there's some scar tissue that some of that, that fan base carries around trying to protect the lead late. All right. Uh next up here here's a game that was like ended up being surprisingly close. I had Arizona winning this thing in a walk. They end up in a real battle with Stanford. They're at home, uh, and they had to win the fourth quarter to win the game by one point. I mean, they were trailing in the fourth quarter of this game. Jaden Delora did not have a particularly impressive game and then ended up leaving with an ankle injury. Uh, his status is in question for this week against Washington. Um, but, uh, you know, they get some other kid in there. Noah Fafita goes four for four. Arizona gets the touchdown. They win by one. Take care of business uh, against the Stanford team that we'd really written off. So, what what does this tell us about Stanford, if anything? I thought I basically I figured this was going to happen. Like I I went. I mean I I realized as I was uh, going to the Husky game and sitting in the stadium that I was having a very bad week with picks um, <laughs> because I knew that I had I had taken UCLA to cover and that didn't happen. I knew that I had picked Oregon State, and that certainly didn't happen. And then I was pretty confident that I was like, oh, I, I, I was on zona. I thought they were going to make this tight. And then what happened is I went back and listened, and I talked myself out of it and went back to uh, – I was on Stanford, excuse me. And I went back and talked myself into, into Arizona. Um, I, it doesn't surprise me. Arizona's not very good. Stanford is bad, but they – you know, like they're still like – okay-ish and they're playing at home 
like, I don't know. I just, it just makes sense to me that Arizona would just kind of win, but not, not by the 12 point spread. Um, I, I, I think Arizona's not that great. You know, I mean, I think that's the deal. Jed Fish is in his second year. He's got some more talent than he had, you know, at the start of things, but they're, they're, they're very much a work in progress. And Stanford is, you know, is not very good and isn't going to win any games for the rest of the year, probably. Yeah. All right. And that leaves us with Washington at home to California. I was watching this game. I was thinking, like, man, this might be the last time we play Cal for a while. Probably going to be the last time we play Cal for a while. Uh, but this game, you know, you talk about uh, Utah having the early pick six. Washington did the same. Uh, and then, so, yeah, Washington gets the pick six right out of the gate. Then they get a, you know, stop Utah. Utah punts. Roma Dunze takes the punt back 83 yards for a touchdown. Uh, Washington's up 14-0 before Mike Penix has touched the ball. Uh, they're up, you know, 45-12 to 12 at half doing whatever they want. And then, like, it was just kind of like – I mean, it was an exhibition for the second half, essentially. Yeah, I sent you a picture of the scoreboard, like 14 nothing, or 14 points for Washington. Every offensive statistic was zero. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was – you don't see that very often, you know. Like, that was uh, that was uh, very refreshing. Um I'm not quite sure what Cal's doing at the quarterback position. Uh, I I get that their backup got to play against Washington's backup, but he seemed for all the world to be, I mean, he's definitely shorter, but he seemed much faster and more athletic. And I mean, well, he started earlier in the year when they put up all those points on North Texas, that Sam Jackson guy, he's better than the other guy. He's just better, man. That guy's (laughs) that, that pick six was bad. I mean, the Washington linebacker, Lofosio was like, I mean, he was in the right spot, I guess, but he also got thrown the ball. Like yeah. it was like it was like he was the intended receiver. So you know, like that's nice. When Their that starter, that Lindley guy or whatever it was, he had another terrible pick in that game where Washington had some pressure and he reacted like I would react to that yeah. pressure in a college football game, which is just throw the ball anywhere. You know, just Sheer like don't tackle panic. me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, unmitigated panic. Threw it to the uh, sideline and Dom Hampton picked it off. Yeah, yeah. No, it was – he – that Finley guy was bad, and that was helpful for Washington to jump up. Like you said, low stress, no stress game, up 14 nothing before Penix is even on the field. I was mostly stressed out about his Heisman campaign at that point. Like, how are we going to get him his stats, you know, like before we have to take him out? Um, yeah. They did all right. He got up over 300 yards, had four touchdowns. He, you know, he's, he made a, he made a, a good showing before they, they took him out. Um, yeah. He had a pretty but, uh, bad interception in this game also, but uh, he did and on like a 17 seconds in the pocket play where it's just yeah. like, dude, just get rid of it. Like it's fine. Well, but the you thing, know? you'd watch that play and like he had, re- our line was so good. He really, even at 17 seconds, wasn't like, I have to throw the ball now. Yeah. He kind of just decided. Like, it's yeah. Enough, enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was bad. That was a bad pick, but yeah, you know, whatever. I, I, once every four games, I'll begrudge the guy. I won't begrudge him a uh, bad decision. Yeah. My favorite so. part about this game was on that punt return touchdown. Uh, I watched back the highlights of that a couple times. Uh, do yourself a favor if you haven't. There were so many Cal players that were just yard sailed on the ground on that return. <laughs> that yeah. I was sure there was a flag coming. Because I could just, like, uh, you know, out of the corner of the TV screen, you would just see limbs. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, I was like one of these has to be illegal, but they weren't. We are yeah. like, and that uh, reminds me back uh, to the 
good Florida teams under uh, Urban Meyer, you know, before, you know, he runs into all his problems. But it was like special teams eats first and like the team meals and stuff like that. I mean, like the the special teams unit was out there just like, you know, it wasn't like the guys who don't play. Like, yeah, it, it, yeah. they were brutalizing whoever Cal had out there. Like, I mean, that I'm sure that play got watched back in both the Washington and Cal film rooms with different results. But there were just so many Cal players that were just going, uh, you know, like ass over shoulders on that play. Left, right and center. It was awesome. Yeah, it was a good play. Uh, I enjoyed it. Um, Romo Dunze is a good-ass player, and I'm glad he plays for our team um, because he is absolutely a pro. Um, Jalen Polk had, you know, another game with just, like, obscene catches. Absolute pro. Like, a couple of our tackles are pros. Quarterbacks are pro. Three wide receivers. Jalen McMillan didn't even play in the game. Yeah. But he's a pro. Um Running game looked a lot better. They were running downhill and they were running fast. So I yeah. like that. But yeah, I, I'd be interested to see. Uh, they did. Yeah. The the what is it? Nixon and uh, Johnson both looked yeah. better than they have. Uh, Tybo Rogers looked really good. It was against the second units, I'm assuming. Yeah. But he was fast. He had a huge. Uh, I forget if it, I think it was a screen player swing pass sort of deal where he just like busted it up for 50 some yards there was a holding call at the end of it that took a little bit of the yardage back but i mean he looked solid sam adams got a touchdown like uh the it was that yeah i mean that's the other thing aside from like oh the special teams unit is good like you expect to see on good teams is that washington i mean and this says a lot about kind of the lack of emphasis on the run so far these two years under DeBoer, but like washington's run game looked solid yeah, no, they look good. They opened up holes, hit the hit. You know, we're going fast, going downhill. They weren't doing that slow developing read option play, which if you're not a good running team and you run that play, it just it's just very painful to watch because it just blows up nine times out of ten. Yeah, uh, this game was such a non-contest that when like Taj Davis scored, you know, I was like, oh, good for him. Yeah, he seemed he appeared to be Cal's number one receiver. So you know, that's yeah. nice. I, and yeah, like good for him, right? Like yeah. <laughs> that's why he that's why he went there because he would have been the fifth guy uh for UW behind four future NFL players. So. And getting pushed hard by number yeah. six. Yeah, Denzel Boston right on his heels for, yeah. for that spot. So Yep. All right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh so how'd we end up doing on picks last week? Continuing forward a trend of me bad, you good. You're at twenty seven thirteen. We are four and two for the week, twenty seven and thirteen. Comfortably in the lead, you've got a two-game uh, lead over Tubby. Uh, I'm at 22 and 18. Worms at 23 and 17. Mike wins at 22 and 18. Kellen's at 22 and 18. And Butchart's at 15 and 25. Yeah. Well, he might fight back to 500 after punting a week. That'd be. He did. He's he's he. Well, he's doing okay. He's 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 not doing great. He's after after punting a week, he went six and five and three and three. So he's one game over 500. Hey. Since. Not picking, so he's one, he's getting there. It's a slow game at a time. Yep. All right. All right. So we're gonna, this week, this week uh, we're starting off on Friday night. Uh, a little ranked on ranked Utah having to travel to Corvallis on a Friday. Typically a dangerous place to be. The Beavers are actually favored in this game by three points. I'm going to see. Do we have any Cam Rising info? I assume because the Beavers are favored, the the information is that he's not playing. Um, 
this is interesting. I saw Jonathan Smith was downplaying this as like, I don't think we should call this a must win. It's, you know, it's important to not do that. And here's the thing. This is a must win. If you're Oregon State and the hype that you had all year, you went into your Pac-2 championship game with Wazoo last week and everybody, you know, like, and you kind of got blown off the field for a little while. You didn't, you made it close late, but you didn't look great. And now Utah's coming to town. Like you can't, you can't take a back-to-back L's. Yeah. Uh, if you're Oregon State, like your season's effectively over if you do that. Um, in terms of anything that you had on the on the table that was meaningful, I I think they absolutely. I mean they 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 have they're at Cal, UCLA, at Arizona, at Colorado, and Stanford after this, which means like. They're going to win. They should win one, two, three, four, five of their next, you know, six games. If they can get through Utah, I mean, they'll be sitting pretty. And then they finish out the season with Washington and Oregon. Like, those are big-time games. But if you lose this one, you got two losses. Like, that's it. So, uh, this is must-win for them. I don't like Jonathan Smith downplaying it, so I'm going with the Utes. Yeah, I mean, I agree that it's must-win, but I think this is a game that really – uh, fits the beeves, you know. In, uh, what were we talking about just a second ago? WSU taking the top off the Beaver defense. That that's not what Utah does. They're uh, not going to do that. DJ Uh I'm getting closer. I think that's right. Uyagalele. Yeah, uh, reasonable approximation of his last name. Yeah, he. Uh, I mean, he's you know one of the few quarterbacks in this conference, like Utah's quarterback, which is like not going to you know light up the stat sheet every week uh but kind of plotting built for a game like this he's a giant of a man i mean he's like 250 250 pounds they were saying on the broadcast like that can get you three yards in a game where three yards is going to mean a lot um i mean I, I like oregon state on a bounce back on this one especially the friday factor yeah that's true you don't win friday on the road that's a that's an absolute stone cold rule so it's a dumb pick I'm making, but I'm going to stick with it because I got to catch up. And so I got to just get on opposite sides of you of these games. And either I'm going to eventually be right or you're just going to keep getting farther ahead. Well, I mean, like we'll you see. can't really go wrong backing Utah as a dog against. I mean, I would say Utah's the better team. But yeah. yeah. I mean, that's my thought is Utah's the better team. They're rolling. They're, they've got it all to play for in front of them right now. I think Oregon State is going to be feeling that loss from last week. And. I think their confidence is going to be shaken because it really wasn't that close. And I just don't like a coach being like, this isn't must win. I don't like you calling it must win. I would prefer him be like, no, fuck that. This is must win. Like we're going to win this week, you know? And so I, that to me feels like he's, he's, uh, he's a little bit trying to handicap this and I don't like it. So I'm going to go with the Utes and we'll see what happens. All right. Uh, 9am, another big noon kickoff for Colorado. 9am. That's too early. That's too early. Why is USC playing at 9 a.m.? Uh, USC minus 21 and a half against Colorado. Still without Travis Hunter uh, and utterly exposed on the lines. Colorado's going to score points in this game. Oregon's defense is better than USC's, I'm pretty sure. Uh, but, I mean, I'm taking the Trojans. Come, yeah, I mean... Colorado's Colorado got exposed last week and they I mean that I, I understand what Dion's 
deal is, and it's the confidence of trying, you know, trying to build these guys up, but you can't, you can't talk your way around that ass kicking they just took. And they took some beating. I mean, like some of their guys were hurt coming out of that game. Like you said, Travis Hunter is not going to be back. You don't want to see USC the following week with Caleb Williams. I'm, you know, Colorado is going to be trying to hit a home run with every swing, you know, with every possession. It doesn't, you know, that gives, I think, a bad defense a more, more of a chance. Um, I, I, I like the Trojans in this one as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and the thing that's really pushing it over for me, because I do, like I said, I do think Colorado's going to score on them. I think USC, uh, in some corners of that building, have to resent the fact that they're not the flash program in, the, in a conference game. Well, Oregon, I mean, the same way, right? Like, I think they resented the hell out of that. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking over the weekend, uh, tweet, I you know, tweeted this out, but I think, I mean, I honestly think this is, and I've not seen anybody else suggest this, but like, how hard do you think Phil Knight is kicking himself that he did not hire Deion Sanders? Oh, furious. Dude, they're recruiting. If you brought Deion primetime Sanders to Eugene, Oregon, yeah. and put that in concert with Nike's marketing department and Nike's dollars that that they get the benefit of, that no other school gets the benefit of, they would have a recruiting class of 25 five-stars. Yeah. Like they would not have a non-five-star player in their recruiting class. They would be – I mean, the, the economic impact that Dion has had for Colorado, which is – you know, I've seen – suggestions that it's you know approaching a hundred million dollars it would be three times that at or like phil knight absolutely must look at what Deion sanders is doing and has done at colorado and just be beside himself that he didn't that guy was available he was jackson state's head coach when he went and hired dan lanning yeah uh, oh man i oregon i'm very happy uh that oregon did not hire Dion when they had the chance because him with Nike's backing would be brutal. That's other. I was listening to some radio segment this week, and people were talking about like, where do you, what do you think is next for Dion? You know, and Sparty, oh, Oregon, man, or, Oregon might have so, missed the window. I mean, I think it's going to be. Yeah, I think he's going to either go big. You know, well, Oregon's Big Ten, but I mean, like, like back into the middle. You know, Spart Michigan State. He's a Florida like, guy. I mean, I think he's going back to Florida. Yeah. He could, but I mean, which which Florida school is coming open? Cristobal is doing pretty well, at Miami right now. I think Florida is coming open. Is a top ten. Nate, you think Florida? I mean, Florida just beat uh, Tennessee last week pretty handily. Yeah, um, but like, I mean, Tennessee up until last year hadn't been good since we were in high school. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. I mean, I think Napier's only in his second season down there in Florida, though. I mean, this is this is he would get you know if they have a decent season this year, he's going to get another year. And maybe maybe Dion sticks it out another year in Colorado, but I mean, there's going to be you know, <clears throat> Michigan State is a is a sneaky good job. That's a pretty massive athletic department with a couple like plural billionaire backers like that. You know, like they they're a huge athletic department with a lot of money. I that that may I don't know that it would be Michigan State, but like that I see I could see that because. That you know he would have a lot of resources there. The facilities are brand new. You know he would he would have a lot 
that he would like at that type of an engagement. We'll see how much he cares about it. But I mean, like if he's, I mean, he seems to be a pretty shrewd operator and he's from Florida. He ought to know that, you know, you're talking about one of the most fertile recruiting grounds in America. I mean, UCLA, Chip Kelly doesn't get it, you know, figured out anytime soon. UCLA would be a great, would be wise to grab him. SC, if Lincoln Riley goes to the NFL, if it, if SC flounders a little bit this year and, and can't get their defense figured out. Riley's going to take the fall for not having fired Grinch last year, their defensive coordinator, when he should have. Um, he might just take that as an opportunity to balance the NFL. Potentially two opportunities. I mean, L.A. would be great for Dion. So, I don't know. For sure. I think, like, UCLA is already beneath them, and I would think almost Michigan State's beneath them. In terms of, like – because, like, when you're thinking about Billy Napier at Florida, you're like, well – you know, maybe he's doing okay now, but like what, you know, they had Anthony Richardson who's like acquitted himself pretty good before he got hurt in the NFL. They didn't really do anything with him while he was the quarterback at Florida. And, uh, I'm assuming their roster isn't full of five-star players. And not like it's it not, would be it's not the lack of five-star players in the area. Yeah, no, I, I, I think you're right. I mean, I could see it. I could see him going back down there for sure. Um, I, I would say, uh, which is a long way of saying, I'd be surprised if he's there beyond next season, or like beyond Shadur being quarterback. I just, I, I think, like you said, Dion, Dion's shrewd, and like going to Florida is like SEC. I mean, I guess the SEC's down this year, so maybe he's he's looking at that as an opportunity. Like you know, nobody's the king right now, but I just feel like he knows it's it'll be easier if he goes to the Big Ten to bring his flash and get guys, you know. You know, it'll just it'll be an easier path for him to, to win big than it would be going to Florida because you're still going to run into the big dogs. LSU, Alabama, Georgia, like, are still there. Maybe he doesn't care about that, but he does seem like he's a pretty smart guy, pretty shrewd operator. Yeah. All right. Uh, Arizona State is going to Cal. Cal are 12.5-point favorites in this game. Cal. Um, I, I don't know what to make of this. I, I mean, to me, that's just like, I can't. I mean, we got if Cal plays Sam Jackson, I feel like they could do this. I mean, I think Washington is just a bad matchup for so many people that I'm not taking a ton away from that. Uh, and they were in the game with Auburn, uh, which is that loss is more impressive than anything Arizona State's done. Yeah, but they only scored 10 points, right? I mean, that's yeah. the problem here is they got to get, they got to score a bunch of points. Um, to cover 12 and a half. Yeah, I mean, that's that's like the real drawback, right? It's like it's just so big a number for Cal. Like, I would think if Cal gets up by double figures in this game, they're going to go conservative. Wilcox is going to try and play defense. I mean, 12 and a half to me is too many. I'm going with ASU. I think ASU loses this game by 10, but. I'll take Cal. Cal on a bounce back. They're probably smart. I mean, you're, I'm taking these road. <laughs> it's road. Well, who kn- the thing is, who knows? You know, because like I didn't give a second thought last week to picking USC over Arizona State, right? And that ends up being a game. Yeah. So like, yeah. you really have no idea. It's tough. It's tough to do anything other than three and three and four and two when you get into these conference games. I mean, I guess there's only five of them this week, so it's going to be two and three or three and two, basically, is what everybody's going to do. Fair enough. Um. Uh, Oregon and Stanford about was about seven years ago or something. 
seven, ten years ago, this was the game in the Pac-12 every year. And it is not this year. Oregon are 27-point favorites. There's a team I don't worry about going in and winning by four scores. I've yeah, I don't think so either. I mean, I think Stanford, I think Stanford could acquit itself against Arizona, but I think Oregon's a different animal. Um, and Oregon needs to win big because they got to keep they got to keep on keeping on to to get you know try and get Bo Nix in the Heisman conversation since they've advertised that all over the world. Um, and they, you know, I. I I could see this being like a 43 to 10 kind of scenario. You want to know a name that I feel like uh, is kind of in the same situation Penix was in last year is Cam Ward at Washington state because he's put up monster numbers this year, but he like didn't come in with like the platform to be a serious Heisman contender, like for no fault of his own. Like it's like the, the, the getting a Heisman is like a multi-year process. Yeah. Of like having the year of being like, oh, so you ought to be thinking about so-and-so. And then so that when the next year starts, people are like, that's why, you know, Penix is on everybody's list and has the second shortest odds behind Williams right now is because all that started last year. But Cam Breaking Ward has news. been amazing for the Cougars. Breaking news today is that uh, Penix odds jumped Williams. He is now the odds on favorite in Vegas if you were to go place a bet today. Wow. After having been in second place all for the preseason. But you're right. Cam Ward has played his ass off and deserves to be in that conversation. Um, I mean, you honestly could make the case right now that, that like, the New York, the Heisman, you know, a group of players in New York should just be comprised solely of Pac-12 quarterbacks. Yeah. Uh, and that's that would be totally legitimate. Like, Caleb Williams, Michael Penix, Cam Ward, Bo Nix. Send them all to New York and pick whichever one had the best season. Yeah. Uh, nobody else gets a shot. Shudor Sanders doesn't even make it. Yeah, but, no like, chance, dude. He's out. He played himself out of it last week. Sorry. Played himself out for sure. So you're taking Oregon uh, on this on this Stanford game? Just yep, to, taking so, Oregon. All right, me too. All right, and that leaves us with Washington at Arizona. Washington are 18.5-point favorites. There's some question as to whether Jaden Delora is going to play. He left the game against Stanford, which they barely eked out a win against a Stanford team that we're, not, that we're pretty confident is bad. Uh, which places Arizona in kind of like if Stanford and Arizona State are like the pure garbage tier of the conference, like Arizona is kind of in the mix with Cal, I would say, and everybody else is substantially better. Yeah, I mean, uh, you don't like to see the fact that when Delora left the game, they were losing. Yeah. I think that's what worries me is it's not like he got hurt and they hung on. Like, he got hurt, and their backup came in and won the game for him. Yeah. Um, which is like, what was he doing in this game? He's supposed to be good. Um, that's a that's a concern. So even if – I don't know. I, I like Nothing ever good happens to Washington in the desert. I think this year the odd – like, the stakes are too high for UW to lose this game, to be honest with you. Like, I just think it's, like, just too important. Um, but – you know, all through the Sark era, last year at ASU, you know, like it just never felt like, I think uh, Peterson had trouble down there. Um, the, the desert is just where the Huskies, you know, go to punt their season away. Uh, so you can't love that if you're a UW fan, but it does feel like this year's team is a little different. And if they just come out and play offense, like I don't see how Arizona can keep up with them. Remember when uh, 
<laughs> remember the Khalil Tate run of games? Yeah. I was just thinking you, about that. And you're like, that guy's going to be an NFL pro for 20 years. And he's, I don't know that he is in the league at all. No, he's not. He's in that, but he is in the CFL. I was just looking him up. I mean, it's obscene. He was a quarterback and ran for 1,400 yards. He's <laughs> 24, dude. I, th- I would have guessed that he was 46 if you had asked me. <laughs> it was <laughs> the most outrageous thing that's ever happened. They, he was on the roster, and then they were like, circumstance forced him into the game, and he was the best player in the country. For three weeks. Yeah. He was absolutely the three-week Heisman, and then and then just kind of didn't play – good after that yeah i'd love a right yeah I, I don't know if he like got hurt and lost a step or something but like yeah i mean that was just those are that those are some of my favorite things in sports where where some just a random guy goes nuclear for a little period of time i mean this goes all the way back to to our you know ortiz jenkins like our time at uw when yeah. ortiz jenkins the 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 flip by the lake or whatever where he oh, jumped got, i mean that i we watched that happen live and you know Arizona beat Washington. I, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird deal. I mean, I feel like there's some, there's a symbiotic na- nature to the relationship where it's like Washington is a dog shit basketball school and Arizona is an absolute blue blood, but pretty much all my memories of Washington, Arizona, are like Washington beating Arizona, like Dion Luton and Michael Johnson beat Arizona. Yeah. Like old blooded shot was, was mm. Isaiah Thomas against Arizona uh deandre ayton blocked that shot back right to whatever that guy's name dom green or whatever who yeah. buried that three to beat arizona like uw hoops has like a sneaky good history of beating arizona even though the rest of their uh, uh, uh history is not sneaky good and, and i feel like it's the inverse of that in football where like arizona sucks at football but they just kind of beat uw all the time for no good reason um I hope that doesn't happen on Saturday. Yeah, they beat us one time up in Seattle. I remember late in in like Washington's real bad period in the two thousands with like some quarterback from Rogers High School in Puyallup. Sure. Yeah. I mean, they just they just that's it's the inverse of the of basketball where like somehow they lost to like you know like Jason Terry and, and Mike Bibby lost to uh, you know Mike Johnson, Deion Luton, Deion Luton, dude. You know. I remember when that team got good, when Deion Luton, like, uh, we, like, ran some alley-oops for him or something, and it was like, we have a guy that can dunk. <laughs> oh, I remember it. I, he uh, he ooped uh, Michael Johnson, and Michael Johnson, like, dunked, and Luton was just laughing his ass off because he was like, I didn't know that guy could dunk. Like, yeah. <laughs> good times, dude. It was, man. What was that? Uh, oh, thank you, Carrie. That's what I was thinking of. Who transferred oh, yeah. to like New Mexico or something and had a great college career? Yep. Thank you, Kerry. What do you have? Like, who were the point guards? The two guys from Tacoma. I think they were they were after our time, but. Oh, I know who you're talking Curt- about. But I can't. Curtis that. Allen and the other guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember Curtis Allen. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Anyway, I don't know. I mean, I think like yeah. Obviously, tricky game. Washington can lose. Uh, Washington cannot cover. Washington looks very good this season. Uh, they should beat the shit out of these guys. Yeah, like, I mean, they basically. could beat the absolute living shit out of these guys. And the other thing, to kind of go back to that punt return touchdown, it's like, oh, we have, like, another thing that you have to be, like, scared is going to demolish you. Because apparently our special teams are savage. Oh, I, I mean, I fully believe the only thing that's going to stop you dub in this game is you dub. I mean, 
the Twitterverse, I mean, I was, I was scrolling through it on Saturday night at the game. And one of the, my um, favorite tweets was some guy who I'd never heard of before, a peripheral journalist of some kind or whatever, where he says, the university of Washington does a fine job of just beating the living shit out of anybody they play. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> which is true. They haven't played anybody good, but they've done a very nice job of, of annihilating all the teams they have played. So, yeah. And we're in Washington's also borderline on the, you know, to get kind of course corrected in terms of like the hype train, because I was seeing tweets during the Cal game where it was like, it was some guy, I think it was Dan Wolken or somebody like that. It was like, I'm kind of not sure that I'm joking when I say that maybe Washington is doing a 2019 LSU and we just all haven't noticed yet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I saw that. Uh, oh, Joel Clad is talking about Washington being one of the top two teams in the country. Yeah. Colin Coward was talking about it today. It's 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 officially a problem. I think that like it's it got one of the things I loved about Dion is he took a lot of attention away from UW for a long time. Yeah. And now that seems to have that seems to have subsided and and it's a problem because I don't like. It's it's just it's just begging to be made an example of in the desert, and I hope that doesn't happen. And then we're on by the next week. Yep, both uh, Washington and Oregon go on by before before playing each other the following oh, week. Oh, we'd love to take care of business for that, and that'll be a ripe game day environment, I would expect. Oh, it's going to be game day. There's only like two other ranked games uh, that week. Notre Dame's playing in one of them. They won't, so they won't go back there because they've already. They just were there last weekend, and then the other one is like a. Uh, it's like North Carolina and someone else. And it's like they're like ranked, but not like it won't be like number five versus number six, which UW and Oregon might be at that point. So yeah, um, so that would be the game day game. I would I would presume. I would think, and th- and this is exactly why Washington can lose this game is because we're getting to the point in the year where really you're starting to like forecast all of it. Yeah, for sure, Washington. Yeah. I'm concerned about this, I would say. Yeah. All right, man. Anything else? Not a thing. That does it for this week's episode of Eligible Receivers. Uh, For Eric, I'm Warren. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will see you next week.